yeah, we have a lot of, of change coming, a lot of stuff going on where we're going to be moving out of this building. We're going to be moving into our homes, and uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So we're going to be talking about home church life and what that looks like because it's, uh, it's very different from maybe how we've grown up, from maybe what, how you've experienced church and what you even think church is. Um, but above all, church is about you connecting with God and you, us connecting together and being the church. Uh, each one of us is gifted by God to participate in church. And so we're going to go down this road of, of being participatory. That's my favorite new word for this month, participatory. And so we're going to learn a lot today about what that means to participate, what we're all going to be doing. Uh, church is going to look a lot different. Generally, we get up, we sing a couple songs. I preach for 45 minutes, and then we sing a couple songs, and we leave with very little connection and very little interaction. And that's not how God designed church to be. Uh, he has designed each one of us. He's given us a DNA to be a part of his body. Your body grows by what the instructions that the DNA has given you. You know, what kind of skin you have, how tall you are, what all the different attributes about how you operate as a being is implanted in your DNA. Well, as the church, we have God's DNA. And that means that we, uh, we actually already know how to be the church. You already know how. And so we just, we're going to open the doors for us to be able to be the church, to be able to participate in the way that we're supposed to. I hope that it's not just me talking. In fact, we're going to limit how much I talk. I'm going to do like a 10-minute sermon when we start doing these, you know, and it's going to be on video so that the majority of what's going on is, is everybody participating, praising God, uh, letting God's spirit work through you. Um, these, it's so exciting, and I'm really excited about Well, I just said I was excited twice, but I'm double excited, I guess. Let's, yeah. So let's pray, and, and we'll just kind of look into the word a little bit and, and talk about it. Father, uh, we just want to know you. Like we just sang, we want to be led by you. We want to be uh, filled with you. And there's nothing that we want more uh, than, to, than to fulfill our, our heavenly calling, to be your people and to love each other and, and to make you happy, to fulfill your joy. And we know that that happens when we, um, when we gather together and we set our hearts towards you and we trust in your sufficiency, Jesus you have saved us. You have washed us clean with your blood, forgiven us of all our sins. And I ask that you would help us to know and understand your plan for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to answer several questions today. So I'm going to, I'm going to get you the questions. And if you have any other questions, there's time where you can just ask those questions today too. So uh, we've, we announced this a couple weeks ago. We've been talking to everybody. Everybody knows about it. But we wanted to really dive in deep and 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 talk about how, how we're going to do this. So what does it mean that we're going to go to a house church, home church, neighborhood church model? What does that mean? What does it look like? Uh, what, are, what do we need to be equipped to do? Uh, this, first, th this first month, I say, is going to be a lot about equipping us to learn how to do this. Because it, you, know, you have it in your DNA, but we've been just sitting on our butts for so long 
that we haven't really exercised very much how to be the church. And so we got to kind of learn what that looks like. Uh, why are we doing this? We're going to answer that question. And how do we respond when other people think it's weird? That's a good question. So I sent I sent out a, a text this week asking people, what kind of questions do you have? And that was that was one of the questions that came back. And if you have any other questions towards the end, we'll just open it up and, and you can ask your questions. So be thinking about that. So what does it mean that we're going to do church in our homes? You know, the Bible never says you're supposed to go to church. It doesn't say that. It says that we are the church, all the people of God, all the children of God. We are the living body of Jesus on this earth. Where's Jesus right now? He's, yeah, he's here. We are his body here. Uh, you know, spiritually, he's in heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, but he's also here present in us through his Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit and Jesus are one as the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one. The whole Trinity thing, right? And so the fact that we're doing church at home actually comes from the Trinity. It comes from God's triune nature, that he has always been a community. He has always loved uh, the different parts of himself. It's kind of hard to understand, but that's how it works. The church should be alive and not dead. It should be living, his living body. A building can be useful, and I'm not anti-church building at all. We have loved our building here uh, we are still going to meet once a month here uh, for our surrender service where we all get together, all the different homes. We're all going to get together and worship and share. And so we're certainly not anti-building, but it's not necessary for the church to operate. In fact, the church needs to be and is supposed to be organic by nature, not institutional, not traditional, alive and not dead. These, these are the things we see about the church in the Bible. The Bible calls the church a body Jesus's body here on earth. And a body is supposed to do what the head tells it to do. Your body does what your head tells it to do. And Jesus is the head of the church and we are his body. So we are supposed to be able to do what he tells us to do. And being in a home and connecting with each other and, and fellowship, really loving on each other and, and doing all the one another things we're going to talk about in a minute. That is how we can do and be the body as we are supposed to be in, in the best way. Um, we're not supposed to be a bunch of individuals doing our own thing because we're his body parts. And when we go to church and we, we just sit there and we're disconnected, that's not fulfilling our, our whole purpose. That's very American, like you're an individual. But with Jesus, it's like... We are all part of his family, his body, and we all have a huge part to play. We are all loved by him. We all belong to him. We're all cared for and provided for by him. We are all led by him. Uh, so we're going to move to a church in our homes to be more organic and more connected like a, like a body should be. A body can only operate when all its parts are doing their part. Have you ever had a toenail infection? How horrible is that? And it's like toenails are the least important parts of your body, right? You can hide them with socks and layers of shoes. But when you have a toenail infection, you really understand 
how vital even a toenail can be. And you might feel like a toenail in the body of Christ, but you're important. You're important. In, in, in the building, it's, easy, it's way too easy for just one person uh, to do everything, like me right now, <laughs> and, and for everyone else to feel like just a spectator. And we're doing away with that, okay? No more spectators. And that's how the church in America is, though. It's just a lot of spectating, right? And we go, and, and we feel like it's important to go and sit there and learn, but then... Are we really being trained on how to participate in as a part of the church, as a part of Jesus' body? And that's where we're going. That's what we're going to do in our homes, is we are going to practice that participation more than you might think. We're going to participate a lot. So we're going to have questions. Worship is going to look completely different. Prayer is going to look different. It's going to be wild. And you're going to get so addicted to it that missing your home fellowship is going to be almost unthinkable to you because you're going to be so blessed by how it's going to, it's going to bless you, by, by the life-giving nature of it. It's just going to be amazing. Um, okay, so being a spectator is what we're going to avoid so Ephesians 4.16 is where we're going to start, and I'm going to read that to you. It says, From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth for the body, for the edifying of itself in love. Paul is teaching us there how the church is supposed to work. Every part is supposed to do its share. It's not supposed to be the pastor's job to be the only one teaching. It's not supposed to be the pastor's job to be the only one loving. It's not supposed to be the pastor's job to do any of that stuff. There, are, there is a such thing as a pastor, an overseer, but God intends everyone to share the responsibility, to be spiritually prepared, to come in to our church gathering, having spent time with the Lord, and having something to pour out, some love to pour out, maybe some wisdom, some maybe prophecy, a word from the Lord, something that the Lord has been speaking into your heart through his word through the week. God intends you to to feel that responsibility and that burden to be a part of his church operating every week. And he will use you. He will give you these types of spiritual gifts. It's amazing. So participation is the key for a church to be organically alive. Any church is never going to work, really, if people don't participate. We are living a living temple, the, the Bible describes his church. There's no more, do you, you guys know that there's no more physical temple anymore, right? God used to dwell in a temple in Israel, in Jerusalem. And he did away with that. Why? Not so he could build buildings all over the world that he could dwell in. But because he changed the way everything works, and now he dwells in us. He dwells in us. We are the temple of God, and he has every intention to continue that and to, live and to thrive through that. 
He says it's a better way to do things. Not only does the Bible describe us as a temple, but also as a family. That's also alive, right? So we want, we want our church to look alive in all these ways, like a living temple, like a, like a family, all brothers and sisters with Jesus, all of us adopted by God. Uh, when you have brothers and sisters, which one is best? <laughs> all of them in a family are equal, right? My boys are always like, which one of us do you love more? Who's your favorite? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you until I'm on my deathbed. <laughs> Actually, Dana says that. I say, I don't have a favorite. And she's like, lies. <laughs> but in a family, there's not favorites. We've all been adopted by God, and we're all loved equally by God. And there's not, pastors are not more important to the church than you. They're not. You are just as valuable and important as any pastor, as the, the greatest missionary, as any, you are that loved by God. And, and as a family, we all have that. We're, we're a living temple. We're a family. We're a body alive. All these descriptions of the church is something that's alive. And we clearly act more like the church when we're in a home than we're in a building. I've had all of you over to my house, uh, most of you. I think most of you. And I am much more comfortable in my home. I think you guys are more comfortable in your homes. We act more like a family when we're in our homes. It's just natural. So that's something that, that, that is to be said for. Um, so second question, what does it look like when we're going to do church in homes? Well, here's a list of things that we are supposed to do as the church. These all come from the New Testament, okay? And I'm going to just list them off for you because I think I want you guys to think about, can you really do these things in this building at church? And I think the answer is, well, if I try really hard, maybe I could, or, you know, yeah, we could make a point to do it. But then think about how easy it is to do these things when we're in our homes, spending real time with one another, okay? Uh, be devoted to one another. Honor one another. Live in harmony with one another. Love one another. Edify one another. That means encourage. Accept one another. Instruct one another. It's not just the pastor's job. The Bible says we're all supposed to instruct one another. Greet one another. Agree with one another. Discipline fallen members. That's the church's job. That's not the pastor's job. It's the whole church's job. Care for one another. Prophesy one by one, the Bible says. That means speak God's word. Abound in the work of the Lord. Serve one another. Bear one another's burdens. Bear with one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Submit to one another. Forgive one another, teach one another, admonish one another, encourage one another, 
warn the unruly. (laughs) That's instructed. Comfort the feeble. Support the weak. Exhort one another. Incite one another to love and good works. Pray for one another. Confess sins to one another. Offer hospitality to one another. Be humble towards one another. And fellowship with one another. Those are all directly taken out of verses in the New Testament. That's how we are supposed to be the church. All these things are better done in a home than in a building because it's a real and authentic way. It's a family way. And again, I'm not against buildings. I'm just really excited about how we could do these things in homes. Um, it, it's a family way, not a formal religious way. These are, how, these are descriptions of how families work, not, not how a, a group or a club operates. And, and it's all over the Bible. What, what does it look like? In the Bible, there's, there's a lot of references to people having church in their homes. I'm going to read to you a few of them. Philemon 1 says, To the beloved Aphia, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. In uh, 1 Corinthians, the churches of Asia greet you. Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Acts twenty twenty, I kept nothing back but was helpful and proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house. That's how Paul established the church in Acts 20. Acts 5, and daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching the Jesus as the Christ. Acts chapter 2, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Romans 16, likewise greet the church that is in their house and greet my beloved, I can't pronounce that guy's name, Colossians chapter 4. Greet the brethren who were in Laodicea and Nymphos and the church that is in his house. The entire chapter of Romans 16 is written, is, is referencing house after house after house. So biblically, the Bible talks about the houses being the meeting place and the gathering place of the church. And that's how the church existed until 300 AD. So for the first 300 years of the church, There were no church buildings because eventually the Jews kicked out all the Christians and weren't, didn't let them gather in the synagogues. And so the Christians had to meet in houses. So this is really interesting. When did churches start meeting in churches as we know them? Well, Constantine, the emperor of Rome got saved and he said, well, we have all these beautiful pagan churches where we worshiped our pagan gods. Now we're just going to make them all Christian churches. And so the church gets all this money and all this power. And I don't really think any of that was good for the church. The church was doing just fine. The church was growing. The church was taking over the world, dominating the culture, meeting in houses. It's kind of amazing. And does that mean buildings are evil? No, it doesn't. But I don't think it, it promotes what God wants to promote as far as the family atmosphere, where you know each other, you talk to each other, you love each other, and you like each other. 
And that's just what we're going for, okay? All right, so what do we need to do to be equipped for this? What do we need to do? Well, Matthew chapter 18, verse 20 says, wherever there's two or three gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. All we need to do this is, thank you, BK, Jesus. That's all we need. And guess what? We have him. He knows us. We know him. He loves us and dwells in us. And so we already have the DNA in us to do this, to gather together and care for one another, love each other, and love our God. It's already in there. So don't freak out. It's going to be okay. (laughs) We just need to let him lead and be willing to follow and participate. That means to participate if you're letting him lead. Believe that he lives in you and he's going to use you to speak through you by his Holy Spirit. When you speak up, when you put your arm around a brother or a sister, that's the Holy Spirit using you. And he wants to and he's going to. And I'm so excited to see how that's going to work. Um, let's see. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says, How is it, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. The Bible never tells us how to do church. It doesn't say you sing and then the pastor teaches and then you go home and watch football. It doesn't say that that's how you're supposed to do things. The Bible does give us guidelines, and in the guidelines here in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, you know what? Everyone should pretty much participate. Everyone should participate. So you can have a a tongue or a revelation or a psalm or a teaching, and that's what we're going for. When you come to church, be ready. Be ready to participate. You may be like, I don't know how to sing. That's okay. You can still write a psalm, a song of praising God, and everyone will join with you if you want to sing it. And we're looking for you to do that. We need you to do that because the body of Christ is not complete until you are doing what God is putting in your heart. We're going to miss out if you don't participate. We're going to be more dry. We're going to be not as alive. As we could be. You know, if you're missing one toe, it's really hard to walk. So I've heard. I don't know. Ask Nathan. But (laughs) participate. (laughs) All right. Um, So we all need to participate. How do we participate? With humility and faith. Just like we do everything else. Humility means don't think you're more important than other people. So when we participate, don't think you're more important than other people. So don't over-participate and think the entire meeting is about you. So that's something we need to remember. And then with faith, though, trusting that Jesus is going to give you a spiritual gift to bless his people with, to bless his church with. That Jesus has specifically chosen you for this time and place in the world to bless his church. He, he loves you that much. He thinks that much of you, that he would bless you. He would give you a gift to share with people. 
So we need to be faithful in that, which means trust him and speak up when he puts something on your heart. Speak up. So this means that each of us need to prepare to participate. There's a preparation that, that I need you guys to understand this part of this. We, we can go and do this, and it might fail spectacularly if we don't prepare personally. We need to prepare. That means we all need to be abiding in Christ, which means we need to be spending time alone with him before we ever gather together. It's so important, guys, for you to understand this. What comes out during our meetings is an overflow of what is happening with us privately. We cannot fake it. God's Holy Spirit is not tricked. We can never fake it. So we have to prepare by abiding in the Lord, spending time with him in the word and praying, seeking his life. Lord, give, give me your spirit so that I can bless your people when we get together. And you're going to be amazed at what God will give you when it's not about you. It's not about what you're going to get, but you're seeking God. What can I give to my family when we get together? What kind of person do you want me to be? So when we get together, we're ready to pour out life and not just receive it because the church is not supposed to be a bunch of consumers. That's Americans. We're a bunch of consumers. But God's church is never supposed to be consumers. We're supposed to be alive and giving life, every body part doing its parts. And we're going to find that if we don't prepare, if we're not tapped into his life, then we are not going to have anything to pour out. And you're going to have this sense of dryness. And everyone around you may be worshiping God and even just crying with, with joy and with this life. And you might be like, I got nothing. I got nothing. Why is that? Why is that? Probably because we haven't prepared. So the, we have the responsibility to our family to prepare. Next question, why are we doing this? Well, for us as a church, it's because God told us to. And he confirmed it as we prayed and fasted and sought to make sure that this was his will. Secondly, it's biblical. Third, it's practical. Fourth, we have to walk by faith and not by sight. We have to trust in him. And so I think that's a good thing. And then I think God's given us a really good plan. Showed us what we are supposed to do. We're not following Francis Chan's plan, or we're not following anyone else's plan. We're doing like who we are. We still have our DNA. We still have like what we are all about as a church, and we're still going to be doing that. How do we respond when other people think it's culty or weird? You meet in a house that is so weird. Well, how do we respond to that? Well, the institutional church, I think, is the weird one when you look at the Bible. You know, where does the Bible talk about church buildings? I mean, there was the temple before Jesus came, but God did away with that. So where, where does the Bible ever talk about church buildings? And the, the truth is, it doesn't. How about, how about communion? I mentioned this last week, but communion in the Bible, the word is diakim, which means dinner. And our traditional communion has been these tiny little wafers, like that big. Who has ever been fully satisfied by that? 
And who's ever gotten drunk off of this? And Paul was talking to the church in Corinthians, and he's like, stop getting drunk at your communion. It's uh, Stop overeating and glutting yourself. Like, it, Just share with everybody. Those are some guidelines he gave to them. But like, our communion is so distant from that that it's purely symbolic. And I think God's idea of communion had nothing to do with sim- just being symbolic, but it was all of us eating a meal together, and that was a serious deal. You, that meant you were part of a family and loved each other. And so that communion is, you know, that's weird in churches today that we do it that way. Is it wrong? No, not necessarily. But is it weird? Yeah, I think it's a little weird. Or how about the, the institutional church's non-participatory meetings where you all just sit there and listen to my wisdom <laughs> and scoff. That's right. <laughs> Everyone's like, this is not working for us. <laughs> oh, man. You know, the Bible gives us clear guidelines on how we're supposed to do church and And they're all family, body, relational, organic, participatory. Those are all the guidelines we have in the Bible. And and I think the institutional church just misses them, like just kind of forgets them and just throws them out the window and says, well, we're going to do it this way because we can get bigger and have bigger buildings and have bigger salaries if we do it this way. And this is the way we've done it since 300 AD. So let's just keep doing it this way. And maybe we're not supposed to. Um. So I think there's nothing really weird about loving your family. Is there anything weird about that? No, there's not. About having a meal with people that you love and care about? That's totally not weird. It's exciting. We live for that. Doing all those one another commands, I don't think it's weird. So how are we going to do it? I just want to like clearly lay it out for us, and we're just done. We're, we're wrapping it up here, but we're going to meet in our homes each week, um, we're going to eat together. There's always going to be a meal. So like mine's going to be Sunday mornings at my house at 10 o'clock. So we're going to do church and then we're going to do a meal. And there's no time frame. There's no other plans. We're going to do church and then a meal. We're going to, in that meeting, we're going to worship God. We're going to read his word. So that's going to be something that's important that we're going to institute is that we're going to just, someone's going to stand up and just read a chapter or two. And if someone wants to say something about that, then they can stand up and say something about that. If someone else wants to read something else, they can read. And that's how the church is supposed to operate. His, his word is going to be our lifeblood. We'll have a 10-minute video that's going to be the core teaching that all of us talk about. And then there'll be discussion questions that go along with that so that we're all kind of on the same page and learning the same things. So we're going to study his word and we're going to discuss and share it. And, and it's going to be super organic, the prayer. So you might all be discussing something and then someone's just really moved and just prays. And that's awesome. And then someone else, as that prayer is going on and it kind of calms, someone else might have a song in their heart and just start singing. And there we go. Now the church is alive. Now the church is doing unscripted life led by the Holy Spirit. Now, does that mean everybody can talk at the same time? We can do things all crazy and, and everyone's talking over themselves? No. We have all things the Bible says are to be done decently in order. And when you love each other with humility and there's a leader there to help kind of guide it, it never turns out all weird like that. It's, it's pretty normal. 
It's a conversation. How many times did your dinner table get so crazy that it could be described as chaos? Well, when you have younger people at your house, it may happen. And guess what? It's not sinful. <laughs> You're not going to be like, go to your room. Because <laughs> you were talking during dinner, you know. We want to have a family atmosphere. So that's all good. Um, I'm going to read to you one more, one last scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 14, again, in the guidelines of how we're supposed to do church. It says, let two or three prophets speak and let others judge. If anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as it is in all the churches of the saints. So there's our instructions. Everyone's supposed to participate and don't get all crazy. Don't talk over one another, but love each other, be humble, and no one ever has to speak it's a like like crazy like they just have to yell out that's that's the opposite of what it says here just take your turn and and speak and then we're going to pray you know in our meetings then once a month we're going to gather together here at this church for something called surrender service on the first friday of every month where we're going to worship and sing and we'll have our band and we'll celebrate and share all that god is doing in our lives so i'm really excited because it's really important for all of us to connect with each other since we won't see each other, all the church together every Sunday, but we'll be in our homes. And then on the third Friday of every month, we're going to do Grace Mafia, which I love, where it's our train leadership training, where our leaders are going deeper, you know, the, whoever wants to be a leader and whoever wants to just come, come to my house on the third Friday of every month, and we'll be doing theology and, and learning uh, about grace, and then we'll be practicing. So we'll spend an hour learning, and then we'll spend an hour practicing what we're learning. And uh, we'll see how that, that that's, that's going to be really cool to give us a chance to, to grow being a leader. Um, so that's leadership training, theology crushing, learning and practice. So everyone is invited. Whoever wants to come can come to that. And that's what we got going on. So that's it. Does anyone have any questions? Anyone want to participate? Yeah. Yep. I'm going to record it. We're going to do our best to record it. We're going to figure out how to make that accessible. Yes. Yeah, we, I, I have a, yes, we could figure that out. Yep. We're going to make it accessible to anybody who wants to, to participate. Probably put it out as, as a podcast. So it'll be pretty cool. Yes. It'll be in my house until we outgrow it, and then we'll figure something else out. Probably in my basement. That'll be at 7 o'clock. Great question. On the third Friday, starting in February. The surrender service here will be at 6 o'clock on the first Friday of each month. Great questions. Evening. I don't think any of us wake up at 6 o'clock. Just kidding. <laughs> Some of us do. Any other questions? Any concerns? Like, I'm out of here. I'm never going to do this. <laughs> All right. 
Well, let's let's pray and uh, and we'll spend some time worshiping Jesus because He is the center of our attention, the center of our world, and our source of life. Worship is going to be maybe different than you uh, expect. We we have a lot of people that can play guitar and sing and stuff. Uh, so there's there's that we might do live like that. Or we might just turn on YouTube and, and watch a video that, that's very worshipful and all of us kind of just worship along with that. Or we may just all just say our praise. We might Someone just might make up a song on the spot or just read a psalm and everybody read it together. We're gonna, it's going to be very organic. Uh, and, and trust me, guys, it's not weird. It's really not. So, but I do want to also to mention that we kind of need to start preparing who's going to be coming to which houses and stuff like that. So if you know, if you could let us know, like if you're going to come Saturday night to BK's house, Sunday morning to my house, or um, Sunday evening to Nathan's house, uh, that's where we're starting right now. Ben and Brianna will be coming along soon. There'll be other ones coming soon. But, um, you know, we have about 80, 85 people. And if everyone comes to my house on Sunday, that's going to be crazy. So... Uh, I understand that a lot of people need to do Sunday mornings, and so that you know, just let us know what you what you're gonna do, so that we can uh, let us know as soon as possible, so we can start making plans for food because we're gonna feed everybody, and we're really excited about that.